You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raise to Empower podcast. If you've been listening to this show for the last few months, you know that I'm currently pregnant and going to be expecting a third child here very shortly. And so today's episode is actually a follow-up to episodes 15 and 28 where I shared about how I've been navigating my private practice in the first two trimesters of my current pregnancy. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving into what private practice has looked like for me as I've been in my third trimester. And at the time of this recording, I'm almost 37 weeks pregnant, and I actually started my maternity leave from private practice this past week. If you've listened to episode 15, where I talked about how I navigated the challenges of the first trimester, you know that there are also unique challenges of the third trimester as well. You know, the second is kind of that sweet spot they always talk about. And it definitely has its own challenges where I shared in episode 28, those challenges in private practice, which is kind of navigating my own mental health and just figuring out how to take care of myself during that time. But I feel like For me and for a lot of other clinicians, the first and the third trimesters can be a bit trickier in figuring out how to navigate in private practice. So for this pregnancy, you know, for me, this third trimester started out well. I wasn't super uncomfortable. I feel like there wasn't much of a change between the second to the third one. And I was navigating my own mental health struggles a lot better than I had throughout the majority of the second trimester. I was definitely tired and I absolutely consumed more caffeine than is recommended. But to be honest, it was just how I needed to be able to get through my day and not fall asleep during sessions. If you have been pregnant and been in practice, you know, it's not that you are not paying attention to your clients. It's not that you're bored. It's just if you struggle with pregnancy insomnia or just the exhaustion of pregnancy, it can be really hard to to stay awake. And so caffeine has been my friend and it's what I've needed. As I've gotten further into the third trimester, I did begin having more and more discomforts that made some things tricky in sessions. And I had to figure out how to pivot either in the moment or in planning ahead for. In every pregnancy I've had, I get really bad indigestion. I don't know if it's because like, you know, they say the old wives tale, if you have heartburn, your kids have a lot of hair, which mine always have tended to, um, to have. So I don't know if it's that, but I just get really bad indigestion. I get heartburn. And I constantly burp and have reflux, especially when I'm talking. So that can definitely be really awkward when you're talking with a client and all of a sudden you're like, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm burping in the middle of my sessions with you. 
So I'm just up front with clients when it happens. You know, I make a laugh about it. I'm like, I am so sorry. I've got that indigestion with this pregnancy. And I it just keeps coming up and I just keep burping. And of course, my clients are really understanding. We usually have a laugh about it. But it's, you know, it's this awkward thing that can happen. And that's not like a big struggle to have to navigate. But it's something that like it happens and we talk about it. As I've gotten into the second half of the third trimester, though, the discomfort and the pain really, really has begun to set in. And it did start to impact my ability to be present at times in sessions. I've never had sciatica pain in my prior two pregnancies. You know, I've had friends share about it and just how uncomfortable it is, but I had no idea (laughs) what it was until I just started having these like really bizarre, like electric shocks kind of shooting down my leg and my hip during sessions. And it was really alarming. Like it was, again, I didn't know what was going on. I felt like, oh, I just need to stretch. And once I figured out what it was and I was like, oh, okay, this is pregnancy related. This is what everybody always talks about. I realized I had to just frequently reposition myself to try and get relief from the pain. And that can be distracting sometimes to clients, but I usually, because I meet with clients online, they can usually only see me from kind of like lower chest up, but they can tell I'm shifting and adjusting. So just that frequent repositioning, you know, it was, I did my best. (laughs) I'll say that I did my best to have it not be a huge distraction, but there were times when there wasn't anything I could really do about it. I know for some people with sciatica pain, like sitting helps them. But for me, standing actually provides more relief, which is really hard when you're in a profession that we sit all day. So I would try to take more breaks in between sessions, stand, walk, do some stretching, try to not be sitting the whole time as much as I could, which again is hard because like catch 22, you're so tired. I just want to lay down or I do just want to sit. And then as I've gotten bigger and I've gotten, you know, my belly's expanding, all of my body is expanding. I've gotten more and more back pain. I've had that in my prior pregnancies in certain ways, but there was a day that was like really, really intense for me. And what I discovered was that depending on the fit of my bra has had a huge, huge impact on my back pain. There were a few days, like I said, that were just absolutely miserable. I was constantly trying to stretch between sessions and I just couldn't get relief. I was trying to like put extra pillows and support pieces. I was shifting and like, it was it was just really, really uncomfortable um, and I could not get relief. And I think that was like a Monday and I knew I had like a full week of clients the rest of the week. And I was just trying to figure out like, how the hell am I going to make it through? You know, I started planning for the next day that I was going to have to meet from somewhere else in my house. Like I have my own office. I have a very supportive chair, but I just could not get comfortable I could not get relief from the pain. And so I was going to try to like set something up where I was going to be in my living room and be able to put my computer on like a shelf. So it was going to be at eye level and I could stand a bit because I could get a bit more relief if I was standing versus sitting from that pain. 
And then also I could just move to the couch if I needed to. So I was preparing that, okay, like, I guess this is, I guess this is the phase I'm in and like, things are just going to have to be, be different. I was able to get some relief by changing my bra, which again, like the, just the ridiculousness of the female body. But like I said, I was fully preparing to start meeting with clients from somewhere else because of the pain. And, and honestly, it's not just a matter of like, oh, I was having to adjust a lot in my seat, but it became really intrusive for me because I was constantly having to adjust. I was constantly in such discomfort that it made it really hard for me at times to be present in my sessions. And so that's where I was like, I, I'm going to have to change something up because I'm not being able to focus and be present here for my clients. And at that point, I think when things were like really, really bad, I was only like, 32 or 33 weeks. And I was starting to worry about, oh my gosh, how am I going to make it to when I planned to start my maternity leave? Like I had three or four more weeks of work. There's no way I'm going to make it if it's going to be like this. I was really thankful once I realized that the bra that I was wearing was a huge contributor to that pain. And once I got rid of that, <laughs> that, that really, really helped. But I know for a lot of other women, it's not a matter of just like the bra that you are experiencing, you know, significant pain throughout the pregnancy or especially at different points. And so I feel you on that because that definitely happened to me this go around. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice real-life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug-and-send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. I honestly was feeling physically like pretty good for a while in this third trimester, but the second half of this trimester has been a literal pain. And because I knew what to expect for myself um, as the third trimester continues, right? This is my third pregnancy because I knew like what was to come. I began to feel more and more confident about my decision to stop seeing clients three weeks before I'm scheduled for my C-section. And so that's one of the questions that a lot of times will come up when I'm talking with colleagues who are thinking about maternity leave is when should I stop seeing clients? And this is definitely a personal decision and one that each provider has to kind of make for themselves. It's going to be dependent on your financial situation, your, your body, your mental space. But here's what my experience has been. This is my third maternity leave and private practice. And so for each of them, I've done things a little bit different. With my first pregnancy, I had no idea what to expect. Would I go early? How would that work with clients? I was part of a group practice at that point. So like I did have the security of if I did go into labor that somebody was going to be there to take over my cases. 
but I didn't have anyone guiding me at the time or any personal experience at that point about taking maternity leave in private practice. No one was really telling me like, this is what to anticipate. This is how to plan for it. What I had decided at the time was to take the whole month off before I was due. I think my due date was like November 2nd or something like that. So I decided that the beginning of October, I was going to stop seeing clients. So about four weeks before my due date. And the reason that I had decided that was I was worried about having to cancel clients at the last minute. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to come back to that practice when my son was born. So I really wanted to be able to really wrap up my work with clients because a lot of them I had been seeing um, longer term. And I didn't want to have not a great transition for them. Now, because my son was very late, he was not born for another like week and a half at past his due date. Because he was so late, I was basically just like twiddling my thumbs for five and a half weeks before I was induced and he arrived. I didn't have other children at the time. I was like wrapping up some, you know, just administrative stuff with work, but like I really didn't have a whole lot going on. And so it was a time that when I reflect back, it was probably more time than I I needed. And as I'm like talking about this and as I'm reflecting on this, I, I absolutely want to acknowledge and recognize my privilege that I had in that situation, that I was able to take the amount of time off that I did and not have to worry about finances, worry about insurance. I had all of that covered through my husband. And I acknowledge not everybody has that freedom. Not everybody has that opportunity, even though like it felt like it was probably too much time. I recognize that it is something that not everybody even gets close to that. When I've thought back to that time, you know, I realized that it was, it was too much time for me to take off. I probably could have worked at least another week, maybe two and been okay. Now, again, who knows like how my body would have held up if I was still actively working for an additional two weeks, but I think I could have probably given like how I was feeling at the time. I I think I probably could have gone at least another week. When I found out I was pregnant with my second child, I was completely in solo practice at that time. And I knew that I didn't want to take nearly as much time off as I had with my first, just in preparation for the birth. I knew I wanted to have more of that time on the other end. And I was having a scheduled C-section with my second child. So I knew that, like, I knew when he was coming, it wasn't necessarily a matter of like, okay, are we preparing for labor? Like I knew, again, I, I knew the date. With just how our family was at the time of my second child's birth, I didn't have nearly as much financial flexibility to take the same amount of time off that I did with my first, you know, I took, like I said, pretty much five weeks before he was born and I couldn't really financially afford to do that before my second child. And at the same time, he was born in October of 2020. So if you remember back to that time, like we literally were all still at home. We couldn't go anywhere. We weren't doing anything. And I, because of like how the hospital was and what our doctor was recommending and because of the number of cases of COVID that were in our community at that time, our doctor recommended that myself and my husband and my son 
pretty much just quarantine at home for two weeks prior to the birth to limit risk of COVID exposure for myself, for our family, because of like repercussions of like what that could mean for the birth. So I was like, well, if I'm going to be home, like I might as well work and be making money. So I was looking back at the dates and I saw clients up to 10 days before my C-section. And when I made that the plan initially, it felt right. It felt like, yeah, this will work. And I clearly remember having breakdowns in tears to my husband. Probably, I still probably had about two weeks left of seeing clients and just breaking down just about how tired I was, how ready I was to be done seeing clients. I mean, we all know like what 2020 had been. It was a really hard year. I was working a very full caseload. I had another child at home. There was a lot of uncertainty. And so I was just needing time to process and separate myself from my client work to just mentally and emotionally and physically prepare myself for having another baby. And I really had not given myself enough time to do that. I was tired and my back, I was starting to have back issues that my back was killing me. I was in pain and just sitting was, I was just over it. I was just ready to be done. Truthfully, when I look back, I probably wasn't doing some of my best work at the time. And that's on me to to recognize and acknowledge that I probably should have stopped working maybe a week prior to when I did. When I knew I was having an, this third baby and I knew when she was going to be due and the anticipated plan for C-section of when that would be, I absolutely knew I did not need five and a half weeks prior to that. But I knew that I needed more than 10 days to be done with my private practice. So I've given myself three weeks of being done seeing clients before I have this baby. And honestly, this is my first week of not seeing clients. And leading up to this week, I definitely, I think, was questioning a little bit, you know, oh, should I, should I have gone another week of seeing clients? This is the week prior to my last week of, of work with clients. You know, should I, should I have gone another week? You know, should I fit another client in somewhere? But the weekend before my last week of client work, my body just hit a wall and was like, you're done. <laughs> you're you're in pain. You have no more energy. You're just uncomfortable. So I know that I made the right decision. I know that three weeks is what I needed. And I'll admit, like things are definitely a bit tighter financially going into this maternity leave than either of my previous ones. We're going to have to make some cuts. We're going to have to make some sacrifices. But I also know that what I need in my postpartum period and in the time leading up to delivery and having this time now and after the baby arrives is going to be crucial to my own mental and emotional and physical well-being. So again, it's not ideal, but it is a way to help make sure that I myself am going to be taken care of so that I can care for my baby, my the rest of my family and my clients once I start working with them again. So what has preparing for taking this time off looked like? So as I mentioned in episode 28, I think it was that episode, or I may have even mentioned in episode 15, my clients have known for a while that I'm pregnant, right? Like that is something that I shared with them. And I told them I was anticipating in October starting my leave, but that I was going to be following up with them to discuss further, like what that 
was going to look like. At the end of July, beginning of August is when I started having more like specific detailed conversations with them. And that's when I let them know my plan was October 1st to be officially done with seeing clients and that they had a couple options of what they would want to do moving forward. This is something that I've done for my last pregnancy in my private practice. I offered a couple options. I said, I can either help to like refer you out to a provider that you could continue to work with and be seen while I'm on leave. And so, you know, that's a choice that they had if they felt like, I think I do want to continue to see another therapist. Could you give me some recommendations? Could you give me some referrals? So helping to make a really smooth transition to another provider before, um, you know, before they would start working with them and, you know, in preparation for my leave. One of the other options was just to provide a list of referral options and resources for them to reach out to if, as I'm on leave, if they're like, you know what, some stuff has come up, maybe I do need to see somebody Obviously, I'm not going to be able to help facilitate that, you know, kind of handoff because I will already be on leave, but it's a list providing them with that information of these are people who are willing to see my clients while I'm on leave. You can reach out to them if need be. And then the other option was to discharge, right? Like if you feel like you're done, you feel like you're doing okay, we can discharge either early or right before I go on leave. And in my last pregnancy, I didn't have anybody at the time take me up on the option to have kind of like a direct referral to another provider. Everybody was like, no, I'll just take the list and reach out if I need to. This time was different. I had about half of my clients wanted to continue to work with somebody. A couple like reached out to other providers on their own. But a lot of them wanted support in trying to find somebody. And then the other half just wanted a list. They said, I feel like I'm okay. You know, I definitely want to continue to see you when you come back. But, you know, if you could just give me a list um, if needed, I'll have it. And then I did have a few who discharged. And it was primarily because of just some life changes they were going through, some moves that were happening and, and so forth. For those who wanted to be seen, right, for those who were like, I think I want to continue to work with another provider while you're on leave, what I did was I provided them with a list of referral options that I had spoken with these colleagues. Several of them are members of our village community where we're able to provide that support to help cover during maternity leave. Once I, you know, had spoken with these other clinicians and said, hey, would you be willing to be an option for referrals if a client wants to be seen or if they reach out to you while I'm on leave? And knowing like the type of population I work with, knowing the needs of specific clients, I connected with therapists that I thought would be a good fit. Then I provided my clients with those options and I asked them, you know, check their websites out, take a look at them and you let me know who you're interested in seeing. Then I had the clients reach out to those providers. I got a release of information and then I scheduled a time to meet with that therapist to just kind of review the client's info because for a lot of clients, they're like, I think I really need to see somebody or I really want to. But as we all know, if you have to start over with a therapist, people are like, oh, I really don't want to have to do that. 
this was a way for me to just help make that transition easier. I didn't have to do that, right? Like I didn't have to do that and and you don't have to do that yourself. But it was something that because I've worked with a lot of these clients, been a lot of more long-term work, I wanted to make that transition as easy as possible because these were also individuals that I know really needed the benefit of that ongoing support. And I wanted to just help facilitate and encourage that as much as possible. So this week, while I'm not seeing clients, I have been meeting with these other therapists just to kind of do a consultation and just provide some background on each of the clients and let them know this is what we've been working on and help just to bridge that gap and make it a little bit easier for that therapist and for the client. Regardless of whether the client was wanting to be specifically referred out or just receive a list of referral options, Each of my clients received a letter also that informed them about my maternity leave dates. Again, I had already spoken to them about here's the official date and here's what the plan is, but it was just a way of providing further documentation that again, it had my maternity leave start dates, dates of all outstanding balances when they needed to be paid by and kind of the anticipated timeline of when I would reach out to them about my availability to return to practice. The letter also had a list of providers in each of the states that I'm licensed in, as well as crisis numbers and additional supports um, and groups. And, you know, those providers are ones who are available and willing to see clients while I'm on leave. And so again, whether this was a client who is directly being referred to somebody or just wanted a referral list, everybody received this same letter. I sent it out via email and then also in their chart. So they have a copy of this and can refer to it as they need. And one of the things I discussed with each of my clients too, especially if they are going to be seeing another therapist, that when I'm ready to return to to practice, if they want to continue with that other provider, that is okay. That is up to them. If they want to return to therapy, that is okay. That is up to them. If they want to just be done, that is fine. So I just kind of reassured them that like, I will be coming back. I don't know the exact date yet. It's probably within this time frame, but it is your choice if you want to come back or continue with the other therapist. For me, in my postpartum period, I cannot handle being in contact with clients about clinical issues. And I know that about myself and from what my postpartum experience has been with my other two pregnancies. So I've created really strong boundaries with my clients of only reaching out if you need a new referral name. If you have clinical issues, reach out to the provider that I've referred you to or to the list or to the crisis number. They've been given that list of information and directed to utilize those supports that are in that letter. In my last maternity leave, I really didn't have people trying to push that boundary. So it's one of the things I've communicated really strongly with them of this is what I'm available for. This is what I'm not available for. So having this be my third maternity leave absolutely has helped me in knowing how to prepare for taking this leave for my practice, right? Like this was not something I knew anything about the first time I did it. I do feel confident knowing that I have planned and prepared for this and that my business will still be here waiting for me when I return because I've done the work to prepare for it. I know what I needed to do to take care of myself, take care of my business and take care of my clients. 
And so I also know that for many listeners, there isn't a roadmap about taking maternity leave in private practice. It's not something that we're taught. And there are so many things to think about and questions we have, which is why I created the maternity leave blueprint, planning and preparing for time off in your private practice. This is a small course that helps guide you through how to take maternity leave as a therapist without sacrificing your practice. The course walks you through how to cope with pregnancy symptoms in each trimester, how to talk to your clients about your pregnancy, things to be aware of clinically if you are working with clients who are currently or have experienced fertility issues or pregnancy or infant loss, how to financially prepare for your leave, and so much more. I wanted to make this course super accessible to other providers so that you can have this information and feel confident in planning for your maternity leave. So you can grab this course for only nine bucks. Like I said, it's super cheap, affordable. It includes all the lessons. It has templates of the letters that I use for my own practice, templates of emails, financial calculators to help plan for the finances of this. And so you can grab this course, the maternity leave blueprint. You can find it by going to bit.ly forward slash maternity leave blueprint, or you can check the show notes for the link and it'll direct you there. If you are currently pregnant, what I would recommend in preparing to head into the third trimester is make sure that you have a comfortable setup. Don't be afraid to change it up as you get more uncomfortable. If you can afford to take some time off before baby arrives, give yourself some space, give yourself some time so that you aren't just working yourself straight up to whenever your water breaks or whenever you're being induced or having that C-section. Give yourself a little bit of time if you have the ability to do that. Think about your third trimester that this is the time to help begin preparing your clients for the transition to either be working with another provider or to create a self-care plan for themselves while you're on leave or to prepare for discharge if that is what they want to do while you are on your maternity leave. And if you get to a point in your pregnancy where you feel like you need to stop working sooner than you expected, give yourself permission to do that. Your clients will be okay. I wish that I actually had done that in my last pregnancy. We need to just be in tune with our bodies and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves the best way that we can. The end of pregnancy can be exciting, but also filled with anxiety as the reality of what's to come gets closer. And you get more and more uncomfortable. So be gentle with yourself and take care of yourself as best as you can. Use the third trimester to get set so that you can truly step away from your practice and not have to worry about the business while you are bonding with your new baby. And again, whether you are currently pregnant or planning to start a family in the future, I really encourage you to check out the maternity leave blueprint to really help you kind of think through and plan and prepare for maternity leave in your practice. I want to thank you again for being here today and for continuing to allow me to share this pregnancy journey with you and how it has impacted my private practice. Thanks for listening. And I will see you here next week with another new episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. 
It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.